Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Since 2000, we've seen a wave of automation that made nearly nine out of 10 manufacturing jobs disappear. That's just appalling. Between 2018 and 2024, the U.S. is expected to be home to 16 million openings for middle-skilled jobs. Wow. That doesn't even count what's going on with COVID. I mean, that was like pre-COVID, but it's amazing. There is going to be a massive skills gap. How do we bridge that gap and how do we train our workforce to thrive in the 21st century economy, this new world order? Well, that's what we're here to find out. And we talk with Doug Donovan, the CEO and founder of Interplay Learning, a company that uses virtual reality and 3D simulation training to usher a new era of efficient skills training. Doug, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you, Jeffrey. Happy to be here. It's good to have you from Austin, Texas, and all the way up north here in South Dakota. You know, we're just we're just north. I always tell people in Texas, we're just north of you. Right. That's right. <laughs> a, a few thousand miles. Hey, in two in 2019, a survey by U.S. News and World Report uh, said that the U.S. ranked as fifth in skilled labor force. Now that doesn't seem so bad when you think about all the countries are out there, but it's still it's not good either. So how do we climb up the ranks? Oh, geez, long, long way to go there, right? We've got a, <laughs> f- uh, a few decades of kind of putting the skilled trades learning path on the side, right? I'm a, uh, I was born in 72 and, you know, we were the Gen Xers and we were told, go get our four-year degree, you know, take out your college loan and, and go get a, a knowledge job. And um, so that's been going on for decades, right? Not only were we told that, but then also you saw government programs slow down. You saw union stuff slow down. You saw apprenticeship programs slow down. You saw community colleges and vocational schools go away in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. So uh, we got a big ship to turn around for sure. So uh, we got a long way to go. You know, hopefully companies like ours, education, technology, innovation can help accelerate that. Uh, I will say the attention has changed. People are really paying attention now. And, yeah. and particularly when it's, you know, 100 and supposed to be 105 in Austin. And if your AC goes down today, you may be waiting. You may be waiting three, four days to get a qualified tech out there because this skills gap is no longer just, a, you know, on the charts and in paper, but people are starting to feel it in their lives and, and politicians are starting to feel it and business owners are feeling it. So change, change is, is coming. Is, 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 was it caused mostly just by that education going and telling people or was it just a desire of not wanting to get into those jobs? Yeah, I think it's a bit, a bit of both. I think, um, you know, again, with, with my my generation's already, I mean, I don't want to point out your age, but you're, I think, technically a baby boomer. Um, I am a baby, technically right. a baby boomer. All I'm right. 12 years older than you are. Yeah. Okay. So then my generation comes along and we're half your size, right? You guys yeah. are 72 million or so, and we're about 33 million. So already we're sort of playing a major catch up game. Yeah. And, you know, that skills gap just by numbers alone existed. Then you add in the fact that, you know, you're the, the parents of that era said, you know, well, while I may have been a tradesman, you know, I want my my yeah. child to go to a four year four year college. And so, yeah, I don't yeah, want I you being a plumber. So. I don't want you being an electrician. I don't want you to be a carpenter. But yet that's what we need. I mean, without those, 
I mean, then we are re- reliant on migrant workers, workers from outside the uh, United States, and which is a large part of what we did for years. That huge sucking sound was us sucking up all those workers through Mexico and the Central America and outside as well. Not yeah, too I much mean, coming are, from not too much of that coming from Canada. I don't think. No, I'm I don't think so. By that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, these are rewarding careers, and, yeah. and they did get a stigma, and and a lot of them now. I see folks fighting through gig gig like jobs, sort of, you know, work to work doesn't really feel like a career. And it's a shame that they didn't get access to really how, what these, what these jobs mean, you know, our, our company's mission is better, better careers mean better lives. And if you talk to an HVAC tech or a plumber, and I mean, you know, nine out of 10 say, I love what I do. I love solving the problem. I love showing up every day. I love the growth and the learning. And uh, it's, it's a shame that that really for, for a couple of decades was, was cast aside. Well, we're not just talking about those trade jobs either. We're also talking about jobs in manufacturing plants and, you know, real good stuff that makes this country better than it has been in a long time. Of course, you know, we've been talking lately with COVID, you know, we're at risk. This country's at risk because we shipped a lot of jobs overseas. We've got 90% of our pharmaceutical tr- uh, business or manufacturing's overseas in China. That's not right, folks. And That's there's right. no, I don't care what your politics are. I don't care whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent. I don't care. Doesn't make a difference. It's all about, hey, look, you want your supply chain right here where you need it. And yeah, that's important yeah. for us. So yeah. are you are you also training manufacturing workers as well? So in our past, we, we currently don't have any products for uh, factory workers. In the past, we've built some training simulations. So, you know, our biggest, you know, different differentiator, Jeffrey, is, is our virtual reality and mm-hmm. online simulation. So basically, we're mimicking the hands-on portion of somebody's job. And so skilled trades, there's naturally a, an application, an immediate application. But hands-on work inside of a factory, inside of the production world, is absolutely applicable. Uh, about seven years ago, we had a uh, one simulation on working a six-axis robot on a factory floor. It was really kind of was a compelling simulation, learning the the equipment operation procedure. We've gone away from that now, but fully intend to serve all of the the production side of uh, the hands-on workforce as well. Now it's been focused mostly on building trades because, frankly. We're so busy, we can't we can't even think about production workers yet. But but certainly we'll be there. So I find it interesting the focus on building trades because to me that's where you would actually just go on the site and learn it. That's what I would think. Yeah. You learn by hammering, right? Yeah. But in this case, it's a little different. Let me just take a quick break. I want to come back to it because I know we're going to jump right into it. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. C-suite radio. Okay, we are back and we are live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazel talking about, you know, all things automation and of course how to do that in a virtual world for training and how to be able to apply that. I'm talking with Doug Donovan, the CEO and founder of Interplay Learning. I was just asking him before the break is talking about skilled labor. Let's talk, let's take a carpenter, let's take a plumber. Yeah. I would expect that you'd learn those those jobs on the job. And you're, you're now telling me, no, 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 no. Wait, Jeff, we go, we're going to put you in a virtual setting first. I'm going to put some, I assume, an eye, eye goggle set on, right? Yeah, and I'm going to be sitting can. in my home or on my couch or maybe in a lab somewhere. And you're going to teach me that way? Well, a little bit of, 
I, I wish it was that simple. I like how okay. you present right. it. Yeah, but yeah, we, we do it online as well. Yeah. So some people don't have the VR goggles available and they'll use okay, point, point of yeah. view simulation on their tablet, maybe on their iPad or Android tablet or on desktop, anywhere with online access, you can do that. And what we're trying to do is not really replace that hands-on time. That does happen, right? That person's going to yeah. go swing a hammer or clear a drain. Need that. But yeah. absolutely, it, the idea is to, to condense that learning time and accelerate, right? You, you, you did a great job of sort of setting the scene in terms of how uh, severe the skills gap is. And we need a, a way to accelerate training. And, and mm. if you look at the military, medical, aviation industries, right, simulators and aviation, you've heard of for decades. And why do they do that? Because it gives pilots repetition. Right. gives them a lot of scenario practicing and it condenses learning. So they, well, get, they it's safer and cheaper too. safer and cheaper. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. get to that, the, the business side of this, but absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, our goal is not to replace that. That has to happen, but our goal is to make it safer, cheaper, faster, all of those things. I mean, I, I like to joke that, you know, if you have a buddy who's an H an aspiring HVAC tech, he's not going to call you up and say, Hey, can I come over and break your condenser? I want to practice fixing your, <laughs> I got to practice my trade, right? That doesn't yeah, work. So yeah. having the virtual environment to really practice and, and advance those skills is, is yeah. critical. Or, or a physician. Hey, you mind if I cut you open that's to right, practice? That's not right. a good thing. Turns not out that's Ill, illegal in this country. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for good reason, man. Yeah, and right. For good reason. What? So I was talking about automation is the number one cause of certain jobs being eliminated, especially here in the Midwest that uh, where I live. Uh, how, do we, how do we make automation work for us instead of against us? Well, you know, you think about, you ask why the building trades, it's, it, you know, we'd like starting saying those are not outsourceable. There yeah. is not your, someone's got to walk into your office building and fix that AC system. HVAC, someone's yeah, got to walk into your yeah. plumbing, you know, all the construction yeah. stuff that those are not going overseas. And so, you know, we start there and, you know, in those jobs that will be in demand literally forever, even if there's some automations, the controls get smarter, there's more predictive analytics on things that need to be fixed. You're still going to really require a technician in, in nine out of the 10 cases. So, so those jobs are, you know, in that case, that's part of the reason we focus there. As far as, you know, more broadly, how do you, how do you fight some automation? Well, I think when you think about when we've looked at the production world and, and you've probably talked to business leaders in that, the, the jobs change, right? But they're still there, right? Now you're running more sophisticated equipment, but there's still jobs to be had. But right now there's just not skilled folks to, to fill those jobs. You've got an initiative called Reskill America. What is that? Well, you, you, you know, uh, you read the headlines every day. What is there? 30, what's the number now? 40 million unemployed? Yeah, a you know, little over 40 million. A little yeah. over 40 million. And so how do you, how do you reskill uh, a country on a scale like that? And many of the jobs may or may not come back, right? What are these restaurant right. jobs going to look like in a few years or whatever, you know, some totally of these travel different. jobs. No, to exactly. And the restaurants will be totally different. I mean, I was talking to a restaurant tour who said, you have to build, you have to build, you have to cook foods or make foods, prepare foods that travel well. And I went, what the hell's travel well? Because we're mostly going to be takeout because you're not going to have the capacity in the restaurants anymore. That's right. right. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. And so when you think about what demand, what jobs are in demand today, it's all the jobs we're talking about right now. If you had, you know, if you, if you were struggling right now, Jeffrey, and you had some HVAC or electrical skills, you knock on someone's door, Bob's heating and air, Bob's electric, they'll hire you on the spot on the spot. And, and those in, 
demand jobs are there. They're everywhere. So if you think yeah. about trying to reskill America, you got to have you got to be able to deliver jobs across America, right? And and so you've got in-demand jobs that needs some geographic dispersity. And what our solution allows for is, you know, ease of delivery for training. You could load, you can load up your computer and start your training when we get off here, which I expect you will actually uh, work on your plumbing skills. So I need that. Acceptable. It's, you know, inexpensive, right? We need them to be, that doesn't work if you've got to plop down $3,000 to start your trade. You're, you're recently unemployed. So can, can it be affordable and can it be on job relevant skills? Uh, because, you know, right now is not the time to learn about theory. If we're talking about putting people into, into jobs quickly um, that, you know, so that's where our focus is. And when we talk about reskilling America, we think we're going to be part of that. When we're talking about training tens of thousands of skills workers, we have a way to, to on-ramp people into those careers really quickly. Well, it's changed a lot. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, what, you know, if I had those skill sets, I could be hired on the spot. You know, even in the weekends, you know, I'm spending some time out in my ranch working on you know, mowing, doing the things. I'm listening to my local radio station. Now, for months, they've been advertising for people to come and do different jobs, skilled labor jobs. And, and you know, five years ago, Five years ago, I didn't hear those commercials. Right. Now I hear those commercials. Come be a truck driver. Come be. Come work at this plant. Come work at this place. Come. We need these. If you have this, we pay this, and you know, a bonus, uh, three weeks off, everything. So it's it's pretty persuasive. In yeah, terms I mean, of when, you, when you think of it, yeah, that's right. When you think of it, the revenue of those businesses you've just named, it requires a body, a skilled body to do that job, right? They're in the skilled trades, often revenue has grown one technician at a time. And so what happened, I think, is you saw even the last five, six years since we've been doing this, there's a lot of chatter about the skills gap, but it's become so acute as more and more people have retired that they've had to solve problems themselves. So those businesses used to say, well, we'll leave that to the schools or there'll be another way, you know, there's a talent pipeline that we'll draw from. That dried up and they decided, you know, and then then, then people just said, uh, this is terrible for two or three years. And then they said, this is terrible and I've got to solve this problem myself. So now you see truck a com- truck driving company saying, you know, come, come work for us tomorrow. We'll train you. We'll pay to train you. We'll pay while you're training. And then you've got a, a, a career the next day. And so companies have had to just, we call it build your own workforce. You've had to build your own workforce because uh, the traditional supply lines for skilled workers just is almost non-existent now. Let's talk about the traditional versus what you're offering now with virtual online and in terms of more automated or digital, digital education. I, I guess I would describe it more of the digital education, yep, you know, that's right. um, the hands-on versus digital. How, how does that speed that up? Well, in our case, it's, it's really about how do you mimic hands-on training, right? We, we, we would agree with anybody in the trades that there is no replacement or nothing oh, better than experience, right? If you're, a, if you're a seasoned electrician, what a beautiful thing if I could follow you around for three years and really learn from you one-on-one. Right. You know that doesn't scale. Um, and it also, it does require you to be a good trainer, which is a slightly different skill maybe than a good technician. And so what Yeah, because a lot is, of the guys that are doing it are really good at what they're doing, but they suck at training because oh, they don't want to talk to them because they're into, I mean, they're doing part of it's lifestyle too. They like doing what they do. Like, right. Think about training a truck driver all the time. You got to 
put him in the truck and he's got to travel with the same guy the whole time. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. It just doesn't scale. And and what we're talking about is a massive macro issue and you need a, a new way to do it to be effective, but also scale. And so what we do with the digital learning, the immersive learning is try to mimic that hands-on and try to mimic it with a mentor. So the procedure guides and this, it's called scaffolding and digital learning. The way we take a learner down a logical path, we challenge them at different points. We give them answers and formative feedback when they do. So you basically take the best of education technology, which has been around, you know, for you've seen it in knowledge work long time. Heck, yeah. all the you talk about all the online schools now for from elementary through 12. And some the the ones the smart ones are using the educational technology that's been built over the last decade that's personalized and it's adaptive. And I can tell you exactly what you do and don't know depending on your answer and feed you the next the next set of learning. There's a there's a thing called I'll nerd out on you zone of proximal development, which is where we're perfectly we're comfortable but we're challenged. That's where you want to learn. You just want to be right on the edge because if you go too deep, it's too much drinking from the fire hose. I'm not getting anything. And you get bored if you're too comfortable. You need to be right on the edge. Digital education allows for that because we can constantly be measuring what you know and what you're missing. And we can keep moving you along. And that's how you can accelerate the, the skill development. I'm going to talk about old dogs, new tricks. I'm going to take a quick break and come right back. C Suite Radio. Hey, we're back live right here as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. Don't forget, not only just check out my show, but check out all hundreds of shows that we have on our network as we're growing and growing and growing. We got something for you. I'll guarantee you that. Not only got one, but we probably have 10 or 20 shows, and I know you'll listen to more than one. So check them out on C-Suite Radio. And of course, we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks to all of you from around the world that are joining us right now as we're bringing you a little bit on learning. And I've got Doug Donovan, the CEO and founder of Interplay Learning. I'm just about to ask old dogs new tricks. I Listen, I'm a believer in online learning. I used to own New Horizons Computer Learning Centers years ago. All right. And used to help people learn how to get certified in certain courses the way they, they do it. All right. how, and, and one of the things I think is interesting is the behavior side of this, right? Because you take an older older guy like me, it's a little tougher. I finally re- started Googling things on YouTube to find out how to fix my power washer or something like that rather yeah. than taking it in because I got nowhere to take it into, right? That's right. That's are you, right. Are you seeing a lot of the older guys adapt to this quicker? There's There are two types of older guys in these okay. industries. One that say, don't ask me to play a video game to learn my skill. And then the others who say, look, you know, I recognize there's some real efficiencies here and, uh, and my, my kids help me log in. So show me what to do here. And there is an acceptance there. And the reality is as the manufacturers adopt more, you know, more technologies, things get smarter and they start distributing their training, not in the old paper manual, but through this digital mechanism, you, you got to participate to stay. Are you telling me there's no three ring binder anymore? There is no three ring binder. (laughs) That, that dates me right there. Well, yeah. but you know, with the, with the digital side of this, either virtual or, you know, a digital in some form, you get to go wider and you get to go deeper and even faster. I mean, there's nothing to replace the hands-on without question. We all, we, everyone agrees that we all drink the Kuwait on that, but you can't deny that this is better. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the nice part for us, because we're in the in the wake of military, medical and aviation industries that use this kind of immersive learning for decades, right? They're, they did that because they were highly capitalized and lives were at, at risk. And what what's the best way to train those people? 
soldiers, uh, surgeons, et cetera. And so those industries study it. And there are stacks and stacks of, uh, of control group studies that show surgeons learn faster. Soldiers make fewer mistakes. Um, you know, the outcomes are, are, are considerably better. They retain more information. And so, yeah, the, the, the effectiveness is indisputable and, and in terms of acquisition of skills and, and better outcomes. Yeah. So how did you get into this? Uh, well, you know, I was with another company about a decade ago and we were training energy auditors and the energy auditors we trained passed the national certification. So they technically knew what they were doing, but it became apparent that they didn't really know what they were doing when they got into the field and every house was different. Every scenario was different. And, and so at that point, you know, I looked around and I said, you know, you could use simulation like those industries I mentioned and put those energy auditors through a lot of repetition, change variables and, and give them a lot of reps. And, and I looked around, I was surprised to see that the trades really haven't, hadn't gone that way. And, you know, it made some sense. They're expensive to to develop. They're expensive to deliver. And, um, but we, we saw some trends at that time that said, geez, this is possible now. And with the ubiquity of broadband and the computers getting stronger and VR on the horizon at that point, we thought there's a real chance to build a scalable training solution for hands-on workers. Yeah. I'm just thinking about in energy auditors going out and checking the gas meter or the electric meter, right? And you're thinking, well, what can you teach them virtually? Well, what about a dog? You know, what about a vicious sure. dog in the backyard? What yeah, about or a, a vicious you know, customer? Yeah, a vicious <laughs> customer. In different scenarios of how to handle it that you could put them through, you just like you train a, a lawyer in mock, mock court. That's know, exactly same, right. That's same right. Exact and we focus of, heavily on the technical side, but there was just a PricewaterhouseCoopers big study they did and showed the soft skills guide of VR and immersive learning also incredibly powerful. Yeah, I think we'll see that a lot more on the sales side too, for sales and some, you know, right. those types of skills that you could teach people on that side. Which industries, which we only got a couple minutes left, but which industries are you seeing that are finding it either quicker adoption or the biggest need? I mean, HVAC's our deepest catalog and our deepest industry, and we have the biggest manufacturers as customers, the service companies, and the aspiring. So we're at all levels there. And that works incredibly well for us, electrical similar, because those jobs are really challenging technically. You need to know yeah. pressure. You need to know electrical. They're like the diagnostics in that, like you're a detective. And so that lines up really it, well. And if you get it wrong, you can kill somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? I mean, safety is, is critical yeah. here. And, and, but simulation allows you to change variables. And so anytime there's a lot of variable, that's where you can really benefit from simulation. Framing a wall, maybe, you know, it doesn't quite have the same application because when you frame a wall, it's pretty repetitive. But once yeah. you start mixing in lots of variables, that's when you can really leverage the education technology. How's business for you right now? Is it up? Uh, it is up in a big, big way. We're, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. We've tripled since this time last year. And, you know, we were moving nicely in November, December, January. We're breaking all kinds of sales records. And then with COVID, our business just took another hockey stick because distance learning. You had technicians. They wanted to make that time productive when they weren't on the job. What are you going to do? So you, you give people logins to our, our platform and we've seen tons of skill building now and downtime, sort of forced downtime. And so, yeah, our business up in a big, big way. And, you know, you've seen the Zooms and all of this digital transformation that get accelerated. 
distance learning, the same thing. We're, we feel very fortunate to be in an industry that that's actually accelerated, and we feel fortunate that we're actually that we can contribute to sort of productive time and what is a pretty challenging time for a lot of people. You know, I know this isn't in your realm, but I'm going to ask you anyway because you've got so many people with screen time. Everybody's talking about Zoom fatigue, Zoom fatigue. It's becoming a term, which I think might actually end, end up in the uh, Webster's dictionary. What do you? What advice do you have for people about? who are watching or, you know, watching content, taking in content this way, what advice do you have for them to get out of that fatigue? Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, for us, we, our company has been virtual for what uh, was for eight years. So we learned how to operate in this mode and, and you do have to mix it up. I didn't, I've got my standing desk here that yeah. I sometimes crank up and I stand and I walk yeah. and, you know, I try to mix it up as much as I can. I do try to walk on our little deck out here outside the office because I know that this is going to be where, where I'm going to be 80% of 90% of the time. So I sort of force myself to move around uh, because I, I don't think it's avoidable. I mean, if you, if you want to drive business now, you're going to be forced in front of your computer. So what, what kind of things can you put around you to, to stimulate you and to move, move your body a little bit? And you got to be good. And you just got to be good. You got to have good content, compelling content. People say, hey, you need shorter content these days because people's attention span. So are you kidding me? I've watched people uh, download and binge Downton Abbey, House of Cards, all these different shows for days on end. If it's good, they'll watch it. They'll do it. And they'll yeah. participate. So the fatigue goes away when it's interesting and good and exciting. Hey, Doug. Doug with uh, co-founder and CEO of Interplay Learning. Make sure you check him out. Uh, and anyone you know that's got HVAC or HVAC needs, hey, get them over there right away. And Electrical, then other plumbing, we'll, we'll take you. All right, Doug, well, good. what you, a Jeffrey. pleasure. Thank you Enjoyed so much it. for being on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. We'll let you hang up and go and get back to work and go train, train the workforce because we need America back to work. That's, that's a fact, Jack, right there. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'll tell you what I learned. Hey, everybody's talking about fatigue. You want to be uh, non-fatigue? Well, watch good education. Watch good stuff. Find good content. That's what you have to do. But also, you got to mix it up a little bit in the way that you take the content. Don't just do it the same way. They say sitting is the new, uh, what, cigarettes or new form of cancer that, you you know, you just say it's bad for you. It's like smoking cigarettes all the time. So get up, move your butt. That's what I learned. And it's a reminder. So I want good stuff. Be I want good education, good content, and I'm going to move around while I do it. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget to tell your friends uh, all about the show and all shows right here on C-Suite Radio. We'd love to have you listen to more of them. And I thank you for listening to our show. Uh, it's just been a pleasure, and I'll see you again soon. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.